Welcome back to part two of our talk with spirituality. And joining me is Joanne Lindsay and Bettina Vitful. And we were talking about obviously putting boundaries in. And sometimes that's not an easy journey. You know, when we're children, our, our parents put boundaries in. You can't do this until you've eaten this and you can't go out with your friends, la, 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 la. But spiritually, this is a very different ball game, isn't it? Putting boundaries in. So, Bettina, what what are the um, things you experience putting boundaries in when working with spiritual people or working with spirituality in general? I think uh, once something is coming up in in my world right now, I don't think that I, I mean, I definitely I don't live on the spiritual dimension. So I'm just working my way through it. Yes. So during times when they're releasing something very intense, that's when I have to put boundaries. But other times I can be still very compassionate and you have more energy. You know, when you talk about flow, for example, when I'm volunteering and you're at a meditation center where there's 50 people meditating and they're going through very intense things, it takes a lot of your energy. But at the same time, you get way more energy. Yes. So you perceive, and during those times, there's no need for boundaries, really, unless someone is, is offensive or something. Yeah. For me, boundaries is also to do with uh, speaking the truth. Sure. As long as I'm true to myself, as long as my heart, my mind, and my, my personal will that is all aligned, that's fine. So sometimes... We can speak the truth also in a very compassionate way, and that will help the other person. And we learn this. Before we have done all this work, many times the truth comes out in a very hurtful way. Yeah, correct. Correct. They do say that the truth will set you free, but you're right. Sometimes people aren't always ready to hear it. Joanne, what do you think about boundaries? So for me, with boundaries, I do feel that we need to have them with each and every client, purely because because we are empathic. People do build a relationship with us, which can be a bit different to the relationship that's actually happening. So for me, you know, a lot of my clients are my friends, but sometimes some clients do step over those boundaries. And because we do work with energy, like the beautiful lady just said you know it takes some of our energy also but it can boost us so we do have to make sure we've got those firm boundaries between work and rest time because like I say because we are empathic we do feel sometimes that we can help the world and we can't help the world so we need to have boundaries up not just to protect our clients but also protect ourselves because we don't want our clients think they're in some kind of relationship they're not and then they get let down because they think there's something, you know, more than they really are. So for me, I do feel I have to have boundaries with everybody I come across, especially um, with being a psychic with it. So, yeah, I do keep boundaries, me. I, I, I can remember many, many years ago when I was first seeking some like spiritual guidance and help. And I remember uh, initially the person was very warm towards me, but then kept calling me needy. Now, that was not something I saw within myself, if I'm honest with you. Very independent person, very independent in regards to what was happening. 
I was in a very difficult place at that time because of the work environment I was in. I was in a very toxic work environment and I had collapsed at work. And um, it takes a lot, obviously, to, for that to happen, you know. And I ended up walking away from that uh, workplace after after going through like a lawsuit with that with that place. But to be called needy it made me really inter inter act with myself and look at myself and I really had to sit back and meditate. I didn't realize I was meditating, but I was. Obviously, you know, people that sit back and reflect, reflection is part of that, we don't realize. But I did look back and think, I'm not needy. I'm not needy, why is this? And I didn't go into attack mode or, you know, being horrible to the other person, but I was thinking, where is this coming from? I personally couldn't see it. Now, sometimes our clients and our customers and our the people we're trying to help, you're right, with, when you're empath, sometimes they are needed. They're so desperate for help. But you're right, you have to put that boundaries in and you have to explain these are the steps and these are the situations that I'm able to do, but these are the things I cannot. I, I can recall a situation where I was helping somebody actually during COVID times. It was a lady that lived in my building and she had collapsed. She'd got medical issues, but there was a lot of trauma there with her and I had already given up my time to try and help her and I could relate to her within minutes she was confessing everything that had happened she just felt she could and I couldn't leave her in that predicament you know and from a spiritual point of view it was also being neighborly helping the other person and it ended up being a situation where I was nursing her back together for several months and there was a lot of times where if I'm honest it was so draining because not only did I work with this woman, I also uh, lived in the same building when she was having huge um, episodes of collapsing all the time. It was really, really draining. I would get messages. I would get phone calls. As soon as one message was delivered and I was trying to, if I didn't respond to it because I was somewhere doing something, didn't have my phone, she would go into a frantic frenzy. And there are times when I'm sure we both can deal with very, very difficult people who are, we were trying to help. We really are trying to help, but sometimes they need lots of more mental health that I'm able, not able to give. You know, at the end of the day, I also know I'm not a psychiatrist. I would love to be one. I'd love to be trained in that field, but I also know ethically it's not right for me to say, oh, yeah, I can help you with this because I can't. So I had to put boundaries in with her, for example, and it, and it, it backfired. You can imagine the more I stepped back, the more that she became fierce and became very nasty. And it was a side of her I honestly did not like. And, in, and eventually, I had to say to her, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. And I had to step back. And that was because it was, I just couldn't do it anymore. And that was a lesson for me to learn that I can't help everybody with my gifts. And I'm sure, I mean, Bettina, have you had similar situations? Not to that extreme. I think that sounds, sounds very extreme. Um, but sometimes when people know that you can help them a little bit or you're very understanding, you can help them to find more correct clarity. Yes. Um, yes, then if it gets too much, if it takes too much of your time, then I also have to set boundaries. That's true. Like The thing is, I experienced that I was too rigid also. Yeah. I was too much in my daily structure, in my daily routine. And now I loosen that a little bit and it feels good. Yeah. I think this right mix, it's like a, yeah, 
It's fine in that. Once and not a little, yeah. Yeah. Joanne, what about you? Well, but I also think as well, you need to put healthy boundaries in with yourself because we are high achieving ladies, all three of us. When we don't do something, we also punish ourselves. So we are reluctant to having burnouts and we shouldn't be having them because we want to do everything. Yesterday, we're then burning ourselves out. So we also have to have healthy boundaries with ourselves. You know, not everything has to be done right now, right this minute. You know, we can sit down and rest and pamper ourselves because that's when the greatest evolution begins when you look after yourself first and because we're empaths we completely forget about ourselves and put ourselves to the bottom until we hit that brick wall and we can't do any more so and i i find this a very hard one we do need boundaries with ourselves also correct i mean this links to meditation doesn't it joanne because you know meditation again a bit like the stereotype everyone's gonna have a different viewpoint to this now, some people see meditation of like, oh, you're like a guru sitting on your all on the floor, and you go, um, oh. no, that's one, that's one viewpoint. She's laughing at me now, but it's one viewpoint of it. Um, sometimes meditation is sitting in silence, just not saying anything, listening. And I mean, recently, um, I've been hearing the birds a lot more. They're so beautiful. Just hearing what's around you without the traffic. Just listening to the birds, listening to the leaves drop, listening to the wind go past you. Everyone has a different way of meditating. Obviously, there's lots and lots of other aspects too. Joanne, what's your viewpoint on meditation? Because I know you do this quite regularly, don't you? Well, I love to meditate. I love it because I just like to connect with myself, get in touch with my, my own feelings. But also, you know, I'm not one of these spiritual people where you'll see in the grass running around with horses hugging trees <laughs> this isn't Joanne Joanne will actually she'll I'll meditate and then I'll do my normal stuff so I'll put my music on to raise my vibration it doesn't have to just be about the spiritual practices you can also blend in what you like to do within yourself so for me I like to sing and dance around my house so I'll turn my music up bang on the African drums and call the divine in. That's my part of my meditation. So for me, there's nothing rigid about spirituality. We have heard, we've all done it before in our previous lives. We already know what we're doing. There isn't a rule book out there. We should all be vibrating at, you know, different frequencies. None of us are going to be the same. None of us are going to do the same practices. And I just think people need to kind of get their heads around that. You know, I've been around mediums and mediums have said you need to do things this way, that way, the other way. I've been around Reiki masters. You need to do things this way, that way, the other way. Card readers, exactly the same. No, for me, we're all individuals. We're all going to do things differently. And it's because we do it differently that makes our magic so special. You, I can't emulate you, Miriam. You can't emulate me. You know, there's this different components about us both. But those different aspects of, you know, ourselves makes us special. That's yes. what makes us unique. So work with it. Yeah, you're right. It, it makes us beautiful <laughs> is the way we are. And I think, I think it's beautiful. I was laughing at you like dancing around the house because I bet many, many people do this on a daily basis. 
but they don't link it to meditation or spirituality. Bettina, what about you? Are you similar to Joanne in the way that you meditate or have you got different techniques? Can you beat Joanne's record? <laughs> in terms of meditation, I, I guess I'm quite uh, traditional. Okay. But to me, that all goes hand in hand. Yeah. Because once you do that work or whatever you want to call that, not work, as in this, once you're into these practices, then naturally your mood will be in a way that you want to dance. Yes. You will be dancing around the house naturally. Yeah. And also what you answered that um, everyone has their own way. That's exactly what I think as well. And that is also linked to that we have to get to know ourselves. Yes, you're right. Like this, I, yeah, this yeah. is crucial. This is really, really crucial because if you don't know yourself, if you don't love yourself, and it goes back to the journey, what we said earlier, if you don't like the good, the, uh, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful of yourself, you're not re rediscovering who you are. You're stuck with the darkness. You're stuck with the dark shadow which is what we talked about earlier, you know, and that that's where the mental health issues come in and the depression comes in and all the other issues. For me, meditation's changed over the years, big time. Um, I definitely would, would be in a calm, peaceful place, but also I'm like you, Joanne, I also like the music. I, I've recently got into sound therapy and sound healing and I'm teaching myself how to do that. I've got into meditation bowls and uh, the Tibetan bowls and, doing the various tongue drums and all sorts. And I've done affirmation work, as you're aware, but that also is really good, just helping my vibrations higher, you know? Mm. Helping that third eye, helping the crown chakra, for those of you that are into this sort of thing. Learning, you know, this is, again, something I've read up on, learnt and worked on, you know? But also it helps me vibe higher as well. And it helps me relax, to be fair. It, those of you that are not into spirituality, okay. But it might help your blood pressure. It might help you calm down. If you've had a very stressful day, it might help you feel at ease. I remember years and years and years ago when I was teaching a really class, a class that was just totally bonkers. You just could not control this particular class in a city high school. And those kids hated, let me just make it clear, hated anything classical music, opera music, anything that was meditation style music. And I remember in one particular lesson, just slowly putting this music on in the background, which was actually classical Tchaikovsky in the background. And they were like, like this, why have you put this on? And then within five minutes, whoosh, they were sat there pretending to be the orchestra. They were pretending to meditate. They calmed down. And then I slowly would introduce Reki. And the headmistress walked in one time going, what on earth is this racket? I can hear it upstairs. And when she saw the characters that were in that class calm, getting on and doing what they were doing, she was like, it's okay, carry on. <laughs> Just put the volume up a little bit, actually. I like this. And she would come and join us. <laughs> So sometimes I was like, wow, this has got an effect on my kids. This is really working. It's really helping. And they were like, miss, can you put it on? Can you put it on? And I was like, this is, this is, wow. These are kids that would never listen to something like this. Even in their music lessons, they detested it. But in my room, obviously, it became a safe space. And I was like, this is something I want to keep using, not just in my teaching, but in my personal life too. So I found it helped me calm. Have me be at peace, 
you know, some people do religious prayers, don't they? They have religious chants, mm. religious, uh, and that's another type. That's fine too. Whatever works for you, whatever mm. works for you. Now, come, mm. Bettina. No, I, just to add, like energy is sound. So mantras they can actually help you to to invite a certain energy and to cleanse you and purify you. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, mantras is something that, again, um, you know, going back to the topic we had earlier where we, we were talking about this potential guru and some people see spirituality as that. Uh, Bettina, what, what have you learned about your journey with mantras? What, how have you come across that? What have you learned so far? Well, when I was in an ashram in 2016 and I was introduced to mantras, I couldn't relate. I was like, what is this? It's just singing. Like, I really, I couldn't relate also because my throat chakra was totally blocked. Yeah. And now it has a great effect. I think if you're open to it, it's just very, very beautiful. You can connect with your feminine. You can connect in a spiritual way. It's, it's just, yeah. So you, Another managed to, so you managed to open up and be receptive. So when we're connecting to other people listening to this podcast, there'll be people similar to, to you that were like, what are you on about? This is nonsense. People will have that that same understanding. And it's only when you've accepted it and gone, hold on a minute, it's working, you know? Yeah. So For example, the sound OM, you made it before, it's actually OM. It's like the sound of the universe. Yeah. So what I experienced is when I went to India, they expected me to surrender and not question anything, not to ask. That's but then I was educated in the West mm -hmm. and we don't know how to do this. We always want an explanation. We want to understand. Yeah. So I think before anyone gets into mantras from a Western uh, educational background, it's very helpful to read up a little bit about, about it and then it it's will definitely work. Joanne, have you worked with any mantras? Have you done any on work or others? Yeah, so for me, I would personally suggest if people wanted to do mantras, I would start with your I ams because, you know, every morning I am strong, I am beautiful, I am loyal, I am a bad boss bitch, that's what I put in there. You know, it, you start believing it, it takes 21 days to train the brain. So if you can fill your brain with positive affirmations every morning, every night, brilliant you'll feel daft at first because it's something society has told us not to do talking to yourself crazy but it does train your brain it slows down the ego mind that's trying to hold you back and then once you've jumped on that you know that i ams then you can jump on the mantras you can get a better understanding of how the vibrational frequency clears out the blockages in your system by making these noises, you know, with your own vibrations. Because every word we speak carries a vibration, whether it's good vibrations or bad vibrations. So what we, we should be doing as spiritual people is saying the most positive things always. Yeah. Because like I say, words are spells, words are mantras, words hold vibration, you know, frequent vibrations, frequencies. So we do have to be very careful with what we do and what we say. And yeah, at first you might feel a bit silly going um in a group of people. But let me tell you, once you try it and you feel the vibration going through your body, you will know what we're talking about. Correct. Yeah, it might look a bit freaky, but once you try it, 
you can feel it running through your whole body. So don't knock it until you try it. That's all I you want to say. You have to give everything a try, don't you? Even one time, two times, you have to give things a try in life, don't we, everybody? Yeah. Yeah.